What's going on, everybody? I would like to personally welcome you to another episode of Develop Through the Lens. My name is Paul Pierre. And I'm Sloan Adler. And we are talking about a subject that... that uh, is near and dear to Mr. Pierre's heart. A little bit. A little bit. We're going to be talking about photographers or people in general uh, that think that they are ready to film weddings. We are going to give you guys some tips and pointers of things to be aware of and things to take into consideration when you're thinking about beginning to film a wedding. So check it out. To doing a lot of listening today to your experience <laughs> from yeah. your experiences um, give the little input that I can prepare for the best just not expect a whole lot yes yeah, Sloan is mainly a wedding photographer not a videographer I am not mainly a wedding photographer in oh, any which way sorry. or form uh, but when Sloan. it does come down to weddings I would be the photographer and or the second shooter or the uh, side video side the side piece I was I was gonna say that. I was gonna go I was gonna I was gonna say that um the side piece videographer was the side piece or the or the videographer's assistant ah that is a more professional way yeah, of looking at it so yeah. thank you for shedding light on that sure sure so um, yeah so we're gonna get into it and I'm pretty excited about it Let's get into um, it, Paul. What have you been up to lately? Anything new going on in your life? What's popping, Paul? What's popping? What's popping with Paul? Well, we got some weddings scheduled for the future, which I'm always excited about. Nice. Good Working stuff. on editing a couple of weddings right now. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait for those to come out. You can check those out on my YouTube page. Mm-hmm. You can follow me at uh, Pierre Pro Photos on Instagram and YouTube. Very nice. Where can people follow you, Sloan? You can follow me at SVA97AB. Check in the uh, description for Sloan's Instagram. You can find her there, along with the Develop Through the Lens podcast, Instagram, and Gmail. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I myself have been up to a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Oh, sorry. We skipped you. Oh, it's okay. Kinda. I didn't forget. Yeah. Sorry. My bad. Um... But no, yeah, just just some working on some marketing. I've got some events coming up that I'm really excited. I get to photograph. There you go. Um, and I've been catching up on some photography projects, having some editing days. So if anyone ever wants to edit and chill, let me know because I need that motivation. Whole editing days, huh? Yeah. Well, that boils down to about two hours, but you know. Two solid hours of editing is a lot. Mm-hmm. It can be, depending mm-hmm. on what you're editing, for sure. Diving into it, um, so this is this this episode was kind of driven uh, based upon I, I I see a lot of photographers who are very used to being in wedding situations, and they have realized that wedding videography could be another platform or form of income for them as well Mm -hmm. and it absolutely can be as long as you are well prepared and uh what is what does well prepared 
possibly entail? Well, let's talk about the differences in video versus photos. You still are more than likely or can use a DSLR for recording video and photos. So you can use a DSLR to film weddings, which is which is what I do. And you also use a DSLR to shoot weddings photography-wise, which pretty much everyone does. And that right there is kind of where the similarities stop. Because after after that, putting motion to pictures and... A motion picture. Yeah, exactly. Putting motion to, to photos and the audio aspect of it, you're talking about going out on a whole nother limb of a whole nother tree. So that's where we're going to start is audio. I've seen wedding videos that have no audio at all. They're just videos, meaning that the videographer didn't mic anybody, the groom, the groom, the bride, the officiant, and it's just a song to a video. Not to cut you off, but just... I have questions already. Sure, yeah. Um, like, how do these microphones work? Like, I <laughs> because from what I understand, like what we're using right now has to be plugged up, you know, into a oh, into another absolutely. system in yeah. order well, to have you know, that sound. So, yeah, like, these are these are studio grade. I've used wireless mics before in like mm-hmm. theatrical situations, but sure, sure. Well, I mean, to an extent. So, I, I mean. What I use is I use a lavalier. So for lavalier mics, I use uh, Tascam DR10Ls. And what those are, it, that's just the model of it. And what those are. Yeah, it was like it was I, like a Google search when you said that. The yeah. image suddenly formed, but yeah. not because I've never heard of those and, letters. Uh, what it is, it's just, a, it's just a small little lav mic with a clip okay, that like a plugs clip into mic. a recorder that's maybe... An inch and a half by two. Hold it up. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It's like this. Like a battery pack. Pretty much. Yeah. And what that does is that records the audio directly to the recorder from the microphone. It doesn't transmit anywhere. I put one of those on the bride. And miking up wedding dresses is also definitely a thing. Sounds fun. Uh, That's that's something that's usually done, you know, prior to the bride getting in the dress. Mm-hmm. And I will go in. Oh, you, wait, you will mic the dress before you mic the bride, or I mean, you, I'm sorry, you will mic the dress before the bride where is gets in, in it? it. Yeah, oh. exactly. So uh, it's you know, like that. So yeah, so I'll show up early enough, and 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 we have these special stickies that will stick the mic. You know, it's like a double sided sticky tape. But oh, it's, I know it's, all about that. It's safe for wedding dresses, and then the recorder goes down to her leg. And I have a oh. thigh strap that has a compartment in the thigh strap that you slide. It's like a neoprene thigh strap, and you slide the recorder inside of that compartment, and then she, and then a bridesmaid or the bride or whatever will wrap it around her leg. So, hmm. and as long as you mic it correctly, you never know she's mic'd. Okay, so wow, that's so, that's a lot more intricate than I than I had thought. Um, it's a lot more intricate. I mean, already just by miking up the bride's dress, it's 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 already a well more of a production than just showing up and taking photos. That's correct. And I'm not discrediting any wedding photographers at all whatsoever. Are you say what Are do. you saying that? Are you ta- no. Are you asking me what? You, you you're just saying that as a statement, right? Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not, I completely agree. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not taking away anything from wedding photographers. I'm just saying that 
you know, to, in order to film a wedding properly and to get clean audio and smooth shots and everything else, it's just there's there's a lot more involved. You know, you saying that didn't form that thought. I it's oh, okay. it's pretty obvious that yeah. vi- there's a lot more to video than so. I'm ca- I'm capturing pictures. You are doing the motion picture. Yeah, exactly. You are combining so, the elements. So as far as audio goes as well, so I will put uh, micing up grooms are super easy. You just clip it to their jacket, put it in, you know, put that Tascam recorder inside of their pocket. Same thing usually with the officiant. I have had to get very creative as far as micing up people because sometimes people don't wear jackets to their own weddings. They'll just wear a button-up shirt and some suspenders. And now I have to somehow mic up his shirt and hide a recorder somewhere that's now tucked into his pants. It can get a little tricky sometimes, but Mm. I will put a Rode Wireless Go on the officiant whenever he's doing the ceremony. And that is a transmitting microphone. And what it does is once, once we get it all wired up, then the other part of it basically plugs into your camera. And the nice thing about a Rode Wireless Go is that it's automatically syncs to the video so your audio you don't have to sync it later in post when you said transmitting i was about to be like disease yeah yeah transmitting diseases nope just just sound waves another audio component that i that i use at almost every wedding is a zoom h1n which is an audio recorder that i use to plug into the dj sound booth and what that allows me to do is whatever channel he has me put out on it will record the microphone audio from his microphones that are coming out of the speakers of the reception speeches and toasts as they're using that microphone it's also going straight into my recorder that's awesome yeah so and having and that's 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 so great to have all of that yeah it really is uh you know not to mention you know having a shotgun mic on top of one of the cameras just as as a backup to the backup Having clean audio in your wedding films, I feel like makes up about 50% of that film. Because yes, you you can capture the emotion or capture someone wiping a tear, but if you have audio of that as well, mm-hmm. it it really it really brings the the viewer into the video. It really immerses them. Audio is a big deal, and and if you're considering filming weddings, you know, make sure that your audio game is on point before you dive into it because you want your videos to come out the best. And mm-hmm. I really do feel like wedding videos that don't have any audio of the ceremony or any audio of the first look or the reception speeches, it just it just takes away from it. It's, it's just missing something. It's like, you know, it's like a, the video needs some salt. So we're going to move on to cameras and cameras... Filming weddings, this is this is gonna be tough for me to put into this episode as as a partial bit because wedding fi- or or cameras that film things and cameras cameras that take photos it's just it's just a whole different world here. But I would highly recommend that you have a camera that can film in 1080p at minimum at 60 frames a second and what that 60 frames a second will do is that will give you the ability later in post to slow that down by about 40 percent oh that we've had this talk Mm -hmm. before yeah 
and what that'll in it'll give you that ability to slow that video down so you can get that nice buttery smooth you know slow-mo kind of thing we view the world in 24 frames per second motion like big motion movies are shot and edited in 24 frames per second so whenever you're filming people talking or a first look or something like that it's always best to film that in 24 frames per second whether mm -hmm. it's 4k or 1080p and i know i'm throwing a lot of numbers out here but if you're if you're beginning to do do your research about filming weddings it'll it'll all make sense once you and the good thing is is you can always pause and like google go, go, yeah. google or and go back. back yeah, yeah for sure so. I probably will be doing that actually have, <laughs> on this episode. I have I have my camera set up to uh, one one program setting is twenty four frames per second, and the other and uh, the other program on it. Well, there's three. Anyways, I have I have a program for twenty four frames per second, and I have a, I have a program for sixty frames per second. So while I'm at a wedding, I can just switch back and forth quickly between them, depending on what's going on. What really sucks, though, and I've done this. I've done this. I'm not perfect, Sloan. What? Uh, yeah, I'm I've, sorry. I've done it. I've filmed, this is news to me. I have filmed something that I should have refilmed in 24 frames per second and 60 frames per second. Oh, what did? How did that come out? It it just gets a little complicated syncing up audio later. Okay. But other than that, it's okay. So okay. you know, well. make sure make sure that your camera can film in 24 and 60. And whether that's 4K or 1080p, and you should have a, you know, if you have a camera that, that'll film 1080p in 60 frames, then you should be pretty good to go as far as, you know, as far as video quality for weddings. I'm, I've learned a number of things already. Yep. So, and the way that you get those super smooth. Mm, that buttery. That, that buttery smooth shots. Uh, I use, or we use personally, uh, two DJI Ronin S gimbals. And what that is, for people that don't know, it's a motorized device that you mount a camera to and get it balanced on. And once you get it balanced and turned on, and once you get the gimbal balanced and tuned to the camera and, and the lens setup that you have, then you'll be you'll be good to go. And if you, as long as you have your, your gimbal setting to, you know, shoot smooth, then... That's how you get those those buttery shots. Whenever we film ceremonies, we film on two tripods. We shoot one going down the aisle and then one from the left to the right filming the, the bride and the groom with kind of a tight close-up. And two of those are on tripods and one of them is on a monopod and that's usually the one that I have so I can film I can pan away from the bride or the groom real quick and, you know, film film the parents getting teary-eyed and stuff like that. Aww. So it it's in the details. Exactly. But you know, I, I film with three cameras, a ceremony with three cameras, but you don't have to. You can definitely make it work with one or two cameras, as long as you know what you're doing and you have a plan of where to be and the angles you want to get. If you are considering filming weddings, don't feel the need that you need to go out and buy three Canon R5s. Now, the, the only other thing that I'd recommend that your camera can do, aside from the, uh, you know, the 60 frames and the 24 frames per second, is uh, a touch to focus on the back screen. Oh, like touch? Yeah. To touch screen? Yeah. So... Yeah, so as you're filming, whatever you're filming on, either you can set it to live track or... 
however you want to set your, your, your autofocus. But if you have to hold down your shutter button for that camera to pull focus, and if you can't do it while the, the camera's recording, it's going to really jam up you catching moments. Yep. So, so having, yep. have, having a camera that. that has touch to focus and will focus on the flying quickly while it's recording is so critical. Oh, that sounds... You want to hear a fun story? Yes. Um, no, I'm only interested in unfun stories. Oh, okay. Well, Just you're going to hear a fun one now. No. Yeah. So my very first wedding that I shot, I shot on my Canon 6D mm-hmm. uh, with not the lenses that I have now. And it so the Canon 6D doesn't have touch to focus. So... If I wanted to pull focus on anything, I literally had to stop recording, you know, find my distance that I wanted for me between me and the subject, hold down the shutter button halfway for it to pull focus. It would finally pull focus and then you can record, but it would hold that focus. So if I became closer to the subject or further away, I risked being out of focus Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and trying, trying to do that. It was, it was extremely hard. I wasn't. Like I wasn't ready. I didn't he realize. I was. I didn't realize that. You uh, thought. I thought I was ready, but uh, definitely wasn't ready for that one. And when I finally got my Canon EOS R, it was the oh man, the tremendous light years of difference. Yeah. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend trying to film a wedding on old cameras. You know, try to try, try to get something that that can at least. Do 1080p at 60 frames and has touch to focus, and with good glass, you can probably make a, a good a good video along with some audio. Save your vintage antiques. VHS camcorder. Leave, mm-hmm. leave that at the house. I know you like the old school, and you're trying to be classic. Mm-hmm. Save it for now. Yeah, there's no there's no Polaroids when it comes to video. Even I know that. So. I guess there are that. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you sure. know what? I'm sure there are people yeah. out there that still offer to film weddings on really old stuff just because of the look that it gives. But I, I could not. I, I barely have enough patience with all this new technology, let alone old technology. I know. Yeah. Now, now I've, I'm thinking like all these, all these listeners are like, yeah, um, I'll show them. <laughs> yeah, I'll yeah, show you, them. You, you thought you you'll see. My grandpa's got a got a wind up camera in the attic. Million dollar business. Yeah. Yeah. With, yep. Without diving too deep on cameras, I think that's where we're gonna put that point. We're gonna stick a pin in that point for now. We're definitely gonna come back and do deeper episodes on this stuff. We're just trying to cover the the broad strokes for you guys right now. So after gimbals is lighting, and. With photography, it's kind of easier because you can just you know slap a camera flash on top of your camera, and you can twirl it and move it and bounce it off walls and you know make it work to your advantage. Mm. But video, it's a little different. So, as far as extra lighting that I personally use, I use uh, two. We talked about this last episode. There. Uh, there are two core torch, 250 watt LED static lights that I put on light stands whenever we're mm, in mm-hmm. dark spaces or the reception, or if I need to light the sparkling exit or the sparkler exit a little more because it's just a little too dark. Uh, those things come in clutch. You know, all of this stuff that I've talked about, 
there's budget-friendly stuff, there's budget-friendly cameras, there's budget-friendly audio equipment, and then there's, you know, the, the higher-end stuff. And I definitely did not start out with all of the high-end stuff. Absolutely not. You know, my, my first recorders were cheap lavalier mics with, you know, cheap uh, audio recorders. And it was okay. I still made, a, you know, great wedding films with them. You just have to... You, I'm not going to say you can't rely on it as much, but you just have to understand that you're not going to get the same quality out of, you know, cheaper things, you know, especially when, when it comes to cameras and audio gear. But that doesn't mean that you can't make it, that you can't make a great wedding video that, you know, I made, I made my first wedding video and I, to be honest, I wasn't in love with it, but it, it, it has led me to many more, you know, people coming to me for, for wedding videography. So, and because of that, I've been able to upgrade gear and make better wedding videos, you know, the longer that I'm going. You just had to put yourself out there and show up. Yeah, for sure. All right, let's talk about tripods. So uh, we have talked about it before in our gear episode, but a company called Geek Odo makes some really great tripods. If you are in the need of two or three tripods, I, I, I have a mixture. I have two Manfrotto's, two, actually the model number on it is a 290 Extra, and I only know that because... You're a nerd. Yeah, that's that's true. I'll, I'll, moving on. So anyways, tripods. Get you, you know, ha- have you a couple tripods. They're definitely helpful, especially if you want to set one up to statically film a tight shot on someone giving a speech and then you want to jump on your gimbal on a water on a water view and put some motion to it as well. A water view? What did I say? <laughs> it just sounded like you said water. No. Oh, oh, a wider, wider view. view. Yeah, if you want to grab your gimbal or another camera and get a wider view of that person doing a speech at a at a reception, that way you have two angle, you have two camera angles to cut to. It it can definitely you know add another level of complexity to your film. Same thing with monopods. Monopods are great. I I use a monopod for ceremonies because it allows me to still be stable enough to get those nice, you know, steady shots, but then I can still, the monopod that I have has a fluid head on it, so I can still pan and tilt and everything else smoothly. So is a mono, so a tripod has like the three long Mm. legs, but doesn't a monopod still have like little feet? Yes. Well, old ones, so like older ones used to not, but now, but now they're making ones that it's, it's one, one pole Mm -hmm. and then it has three, ooh. And then it has three feet that fold out to help to help stabilize the, what, the monopod. And what what were old ones like? Just a stick, just a one that you hold. That yeah, mm-hmm. you hold. Okay, yep. that's what I was thinking. And those are more technology these days, man. And I feel like those were more used for for people who film or or photographed or filmed sports. You know, as they're running up and down the sidelines, you know, stuff like that. But I guess they still had some stability for shots. Mm-hmm. They work really well at weddings. So let's talk about lenses. And some lenses that I highly recommend to have to film weddings. Uh, I would definitely have a long lens, have a 70 to 200. That will help you film the ceremony without having to get too far down the aisle with getting the frame that you want. I personally use a 24 to 105 whenever I shoot ceremonies as well because it gives me a good bit of zoom. 
And then if you have something like a 24 to 70 equivalent, then I feel like you have a pretty good set of lenses to film a wedding. The only other thing I would recommend you to have as well is some kind of prime lens, a 35 millimeter, 24 millimeter. That goes down to 1.8 or 1.4, 1.2, something like that. Even if you had a 50 millimeter that went down to 1.4, 1.8, 1.2. Is that what prime means? Yeah, prime means is that a prime <laughs> lens cannot zoom. It is it is stuck at whatever millimeters it oh. is. So a 50 millimeter is a prime lens. A lot of people have prime lenses, especially the the Canon Nifty 50, which is Nifty a, 50. Nifty 50, which is a, what a lot of people have, and it it can go down to 1.8, and it's okay. It doesn't it doesn't give the the crispest crispest. Crispest. It doesn't give the most crispy image. But it's a crispest miracle. I feel like I would rather use a 50 millimeter at 1.8 with that doesn't have as much sharpness compared to trying to film a sparkler exit at f4 because you're gonna you're gonna have a really tough time doing it. So uh, side note here, if you if you have a second shooter with you at the wedding when you're filming it, have them on a different lens. Meaning, if you are shooting on a wide lens or a prime, like let's say you're shooting at 35 millimeters, have them on an 85 millimeter or have them on a 16 millimeter. And what that will do is that will make the shots different. Even though you're filming a different thing, you're still getting a different respect, uh, a different perspective. So, I mean, cl- closing points here. I know, I know, it's really tempting to be in that position where like, oh, I got a couple cameras, I got a couple lenses, you know, maybe I'll get a glide cam or a gimbal and then I'll take my my stab at wedding videography. And that's great, but make sure you have the audio coverage, make sure that you have the the proper gear and the know-how of of how to film it, you know, as far as like what shutter speed to film 60 frames per second at and stuff like that. You know, it filming filming gets a little bit more complicated than than photography. So, just really do your research and you know really make sure you're ready. And that's that's kind of what I wanted to get out there to the people. Make make sure you're ready. Do do your research. You know, join a, a filmmaking class or online course or something like that to really help you start to learn how to film things. And you will you will quickly discover that photography and videography are. Even though they're coming out of the same camera and same lens, it's it's a little different. That is crazy to know that it is. Yeah. Well, thank you, Paul, for taking the time to share, to dig a little deeper into all that. Oh, yeah. With us. It's my pleasure. And if anyone needs any advice or if they want to, if they want gear recommendations or they want to, you know, even just talk about potentially starting or such a, if they want help figuring out if they're ready to film weddings feel free to email the pod and uh, we will and I will get back to you and let you know and talk to you about it and see if you're ready. Sounds good. Thanks everyone for tuning in to another episode of Develop Through the Lens. Make sure to follow us on your podcast platform. Follow us on Instagram. Send us a message. Send us an email. Subscribe to us. Share about us. Keep on listening. And thanks for being here. Tune in next time. See ya.